0: Welcome to Apparently, the podcast for absolutely average parents. I'm Ann Johnsos.
1: And I'm Tracy Weiner. Ann and I have been friends for a very long time. We met
0: right after college. Yeah, in our first jobs as radio producers. We spent our 20s as wing women for each other, and it didn't work out very well. But then, it did. And we found the right guys and stood up in each other's weddings. And then we had babies within weeks of each other. So we went from producers to reproducers. We make it look easy. We make it look good.
1: Which brings us to this podcast. We want to discuss topics that interest us and you and provide some knowledge to other average parents.
0: We're average, not experts. So we'll tackle these topics with people who know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, we'll get the experts. And I fully expect to embarrass myself along the way.
0: Yeah, after season one, I'm pretty sure we already have.
1: So welcome to Apparently.
2: We make it look easy. We make it look good. When everybody sees it, they stop and take a look.
0: kids can be too busy and it's yep. not their fault <laughs> yeah yep. there's, there's this thing called hyper parenting and a lot of us are guilty of it so let me ask you how many activities do your kids participate in well I feel like it's a lot but next to you it
1: <laughs> probably not uh, we have Boy Scouts basketball soccer tutor voice lesson drama club um try, running club that that's a that's sums it up right now
0: okay so i'm gonna it's
1: basically every day of the week there is something that i am driving somebody to or yep. picking them up right um
0: i've forgotten about girl Scouts, so let's add that to the list but uh, so i'm gonna be honest <laughs> <laughs>
1: um
0: at the risk of public flogging i'm gonna take you through my week right uh my kids are way over scheduled This fall, Hannah had ballet on Tuesdays, guitar club and bass guitar lessons on Wednesdays, soccer and voice lessons on Thursdays, soccer again and school of rock on Fridays, soccer on Saturdays, religious education and nutcracker rehearsal on Sundays. And Sophie had guitar club and private lessons on Wednesdays, piano and voice on Thursdays, school of rock on Fridays, another band rehearsal on Saturdays or Sundays, and religious ed on Sundays. Add to that the seventh grade homework load and you get the idea. Every time you call me, where am I? you're usually in your car yeah and picking somebody up so it sounds like monday is a good day for you that looks like the, the only day you have to yourself it's the only day where and i did that intentionally because when we start the week with homework and all the stress of school mm-hmm. i want them to come home sit at the table and be able to do what they need to do before we like head down that path again right so um so you have twofers in a day even like yeah, yeah.
1: I have I have done there. It has happened where they've gone from one thing to the next and it's pretty stressful um, because then you have to get them fed. Right in amongst all that, too. Right. Um, and when they both have something like I think that worked out for you, too, when I have to drive someone somewhere, but then I got to pick the other kid up from at the same time, like and then I'm calling a friend. Hey, phone a friend. Can
0: you go pick? Can you pick him? Do you bring him home for me? I have threatened to start Lyft for mothers and call it MIFT. <laughs> because I'm so like not, Copyright and Johnson. <laughs> exactly. Hashtag awesome. <laughs> uh but I, I sit there and I miffed. And it's not it's not the kids' fault. I let them sign up, but I sit there in, in my car and I'm like, Arr. all I do is drive them. Yes. Yes. So there's no downtime.
1: No. No. And what's when they're horizontal and it's dark in their
0: room and right. you're sleeping? Right, right. That's about it. So, but the good news or the bad news about this is that we're not alone. Uh, parenting today has become this relentless to do list. Um, even parents with the best intentions. Are micromanaging their kids? Uh, we've got lists and schedules, meetings, appointments. Um, how do you organize it? Do you have like a dry erase board or
1: like a calendar so that the kids can visually see, or is it just like they don't need to see it? I
0: I have a Google Calendar that I've shared with them. Shut up! Yeah. What? So they each have color coded activities. I, a Google Calendar. Yeah. On, on their iPads, they like look at it. They have it on their phones. Oh my. Yeah, so Hannah's red. Yeah, Hannah's red. You're like making meeting maker like uh, family events are periwinkle. Uh, (laughs) You're not kidding, are you? I'm not. I'm not kidding.
1: What? I will show you. You are producing your family. (laughs) I know. I mean, I know it's bad. Like, but we. I don't have quite a sophisticated system (laughs) like that. I have like from the Dollar Tree the paper calendar. I'm old school. I don't like it in my phone. I
0: have to invite them to their activities. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and do they accept or do they decline? Do they, they ever mess around with you and be like, no, I'm, nah,
0: I'm going to say. Don't decline. give them any ideas, Tracy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if the paper calendar sits in the kitchen and then they can see like, hey, what's going on on Thursday or whatever. But do your kids ask to like see a friend or do something like Sometimes it's so scheduled that. There's no flexibility.
0: Right. In fact, yesterday when we were talking about doing this episode, Sophie said, you over schedule us. And I said, what? She's like, we're way too busy. And I said, <gasps> what are you talking about? And and because I, I said on weekends, we don't do anything. And she said, well, this week when we have the cookie bake and we have, you're part of it too, <laughs> yes. we have the cookie bake. And I, and she said, and then uh, you're going to a party and I don't know what we're going to do. And I was like, oh, we're also going to go Christmas caroling. She's like, What? You didn't tell me we were going Christmas caroling. It's so, not on the list, mom. I know. I didn't put it on the invite. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. All right. So in my effort to learn more about this and fix myself, uh, I came across a book called The Overscheduled Child, Avoiding the Hyper Parenting Trap. It's written by renowned child psychiatrist Alvin Rosenfeld and then longtime family issues journalist Nicole Wise. Uh, we have Nicole on the line and I'm going to, I'm going to pot her up now and, and wait for her to yell at me. <laughs> Hi, Nicole.
2: Hi. <laughs> Thanks for it's joining us. I'm listening to you talk because things have changed in some ways since my book came out in two thousand two. But it's actually a lot of the same issues and and it's very familiar. You now have technology that we didn't have back then though. Yes. All
0: right, so my Google Calendar is not such a bad thing, right?
2: Yeah. If Well, I mean, I tend to be a little analog myself with calendars, but that's a control thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so. <laughs> well, so tell us, Nicole, when, when I tracked you down uh, you know, to talk to you about this book, you're like, well, it's been a while. Tell us where you are now. since The book is 16 years old, but what has happened since then? And then what's still the same?
2: It has been a while. Um, at the time that I was writing the book, it was actually um, started it in the late 90s, and it was published in 2002. So at that time, I had four children, and I still do, but they're not children anymore. Yep. I'm actually a grandmother and expecting my second grandson um, just in a few months. So my family grew up, my children grew up, and have gone into their uh, adult lives and um, you're here to tell the story I also I am here to tell the story. I also ended up going through a pretty tough divorce although I don't think there are easy ones. Right. Um and so ended up as a working single mom with full responsibility financially for my kids. So a lot changed. Um a lot changed and it really Tested a lot of my thoughts and philosophies on parenting, and I have to say that um, having written the book and thought so hard about what was important was really a north star for me throughout. And actually, my youngest child graduated with a second bachelor's in nursing just last night. So, congratulations!
0: Yes. So, did the book sort of you know you say it was your north star? So you wrote the book not expecting that it would. Guide you through the next chapters of your life?
2: Very, very true. Um I mean, it was such a luxury to be working with Alvin Rosenfeld because he is a preeminent child psychiatrist. and in um, the writing process was a lot of conversation because we were both raising families at the time, um and our kids were approximately the same age. So there was a lot of conversation about values. Um, and that's stuff you know deep inside, but at the same time articulating it and thinking about values in the context of also thinking about how you are, you know, getting through day-to-day in your family life and helping your kids do well in school and develop as people and get ready for college and figure out who they're going to be in, you know, the teenage years and uh, yikes, all that. <laughs> so it was very, you know, it was like a voice that I had in my head um, for which I am so grateful.
1: In your book, you offer some fundamentals for managing the tendencies that we all have toward hyperparenting, and so I thought maybe we should touch on some of them.
2: Yeah, I was thinking as as you were talking about your own families that first of all you have such interesting sounding children um, who are <laughs> well rounded. Yeah, and some clear and strong interests. I mean, it seems like, you know, theater and dance and music and sports um, are themes and then scouting. uh, It sounds like both of you have kids who are in scouts, which is really about being whole people and good people. So I loved hearing that. I'm also hearing that you know sometimes the kids feel like life's going a little too fast, which I empathize both with them and with you.
1: Yes, so one of one of the ones that you listed were was limiting activities, and I really wanted to ask what that meant because um I think most parents are don't want to say no to their kids and or stifle them like so what limiting activities what does that mean exactly
2: doesn't mean the same thing for everybody or or every family or even every child within the same family I mean I remember at the time when my older two were teenagers my oldest is um, somebody who really needs to have a lot more downtime and and thinking time and so he was a very good athlete and wanted to do all sorts of sports, but he would start to have a lot of meltdowns if he was doing, say, baseball and soccer in the same season. Well, today he's 33. He's still that way. His (laughs) sister, who is a year younger, was multitasking from almost birth, and she was able to handle a lot of, you know, part-time jobs and sports and she was an excellent student and she would be, you know, doing projects and getting involved in, you know, sort of charity types of things. And that was how she, that was who she was and who she still is today. So there's that piece. Um, I think listening to who you, who your kids are and the choices that they want to make is really important. But at the same time, it's, it really is about choice and sometimes also, saying no is something, you know, we do kind of produce our child, our children's childhood experience. That was a great term that you use. But on the other hand, the adult world is not so sensitive to what they want, um, and even what they need. So they need to develop the ability to navigate making choices, disappointments, being said no to, and home is the best and safest place to start learning that.
1: Well, I did that this fall, Nicole, because I didn't say no, but I really made a case for one way, <laughs> for, for for how I wanted it to come out. My son came home and said he wanted to join band. And I was like, it's one day a week at another school, you know, after school and practicing and you had to buy the instrument and all this stuff. And we just finished piano because he didn't want to do piano anymore okay so the, the thought of him wanting to start another instrument not to stifle him but I was like I already know how this is going to go it's going to be a battle for practicing and stuff so I said screw that I'm not so I made the heavy case I'm like so you know it says on this sheet right here that you're supposed to practice 15 minutes outside of the time that you're over at the other school practicing with everybody and I laid it on really thick my closing argument and he came to the decision himself
0: but I heavily influenced it. Well, I want to say similarly. Hannah wanted to play trombone, and (laughs) (laughs) which uh, uh, you don't know Hannah Nicole, but she's uh uh, long and lean, and she's about the size of a trombone. So the idea of her playing trombone was hilarious, and also she she does not practice. So we did let her quit piano because that was the she she wouldn't practice. So, um, but other than that, I have never said no.
1: Wait, so she is playing it.
0: She's not. No, okay. No. Okay. So, but in general, I, all I do is say yes. And I, I suspect that when they get older, I think, Nicole, this is a, a, a real deal. If they're so over as young people, they won't know what to do with their downtime when they have it, right?
2: Right. And that's critically important because if you don't have downtime, you don't actually get to hear in your own mind who you are. Um, You may be multi-talented and really good at doing a lot of things, but the ability to reflect on the experiences you're having and what makes you feel great and what doesn't make you feel so fulfilled is really important in creating the life that you want for yourself.
0: i got to rethink some things. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Another thing you wrote about, Nicole, um, you suggest develop healthy skepticism. What's that? Yeah, so what does that mean?
2: You know, we live in such an age of advice and information coming at us from so many different directions, and, you know, it was interesting to me when I wrote this book because I'm, you know, calling myself a parenting quote-unquote expert, and yet, you know, having all these experiences with my own kids that were some often suboptimal because that's part of what life is. Um, remember, it's really important to understand that people who are, writing books and doing podcasts and, you know, websites and so on and so forth are still people who are thinking about the very same questions. And in fact, I often think to myself now from the sage place where I am at this point in my life that the people who are asking the questions are the people, sometimes with the fewest answers, because it occurs to us to ask the questions. So experts are thinking about these topics for themselves, and they're doing some of the research. But, you know, they're presenting a point of view. It's not necessarily the right point of view for you.
1: It's no one size fits all.
2: There is no one size fit, and there's no single way to do parenting. I mean, it's, you know, some kids, I think one of the things I find myself reflecting on is the tremendous pressure on kids for college admission today, and yet we're in a world where so many kids are, you know, there's staggering student debt that will affect their entire adult lives and their freedom to make the decisions for themselves and their families. Or if their parents are, you know, if they're lucky enough that their parents are paying for their education, it's, you know, an investment that is like a mortgage for each child. So that's a lot of weight to carry if you're not exactly sure that you're following the right path. So I think it's really important to be thinking about these things. Agreed. Um, so
1: one of the other ones that you talk about was giving yourself a break. And I just want to put a big exclamation point on the end of that one, because, geesh, sometimes I feel like a robot. I'll be honest. I'm sure Anne does. If you're going from one thing to another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, what were you meaning by give yourself a break other than the obvious?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you can take it at a very literal level and say, you know, I, too, as a parent, need to have downtime or else I'm going to totally freak out and have a meltdown and, you know, all those types of things. But I think it can also mean that you're going to sometimes freak out and have a meltdown, and that's important, too, for your kids to see you as a person and to understand what your own priorities and breaking points are. Um, I also think that, you know, we... For me, and I I alluded to, you know, this difficult divorce that I kind of went through with my kids, and we were all very surprised by the things that happened, and they saw me in a very different way because I was really struggling to process and to cope. And yet, the authenticity that this brought to our relationship made, and I, you know, I mean, I'm far from a perfect mom, but I did always think I have had good relationships with my children, but going through this experience that where they saw me kind of, I'm going to use the word broken, but not broken, I mean, but really hurting Um, and figuring things out in front of them and with them and asking them to make sacrifices. We moved several times, you know, there was a lot involved in this. And what we have today, I think, is a much richer and more real relationship as a result.
0: That leads to this next point you make, which is family as a priority and the idea that our relationships need to be nurtured and sort of grown, right?
2: Right. And these are the most important relationships that you have in your life. And again, you know, from where I sit Um, And, you know, I'm literally about to turn 60. So that's a time that brings a lot of personal reflection. I think this is the most important work that I have done is have these four people who are now starting their own families and making an impact in the world. And they are really my favorite human beings on the planet, um, which doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean we always agree or, you know, any of that. But this family is what I did on this earth I mean, I've had a great career. I continue to work. Um, I do very rewarding work professionally, but you know, it doesn't compare to what these four amazing human beings are.
0: You know, it's funny, Nicole, as you were talking about growing with them and having your children uh, be part of your healing, um, I was reminded that my 12-year-old, transparency is a big deal. And so when I'm having a moment, she now clues in and she'll say, Hey, take a take a step back, and and she she can read me, and it's weird because she's my kid, but she's also becoming uh, an a equal. little adult. Yeah. Yes, so and it's it, but it, it's a relief to be able to say, you know, I'm upset about something. Let me tell you what it is, and then and she gives me advice, and it's so weird to have advice coming from a. She's my baby,
1: <laughs> she, <laughs> apple tree, apple tree. You know that whole saying, yeah. That's what it sounds like to me.
2: I was just going to say that, you know, as, as your own, I don't know if both of you, if your parents are still alive and with you, but, you know, there's this whole thing that begins to happen as our own parents age and we're taking care of them and we are living in front of our children what we hope, you know, we're modeling for them how they will treat, the adults in their life. And that's really interesting, too, because you really are switching from this, you know, you are the child of your parents and the parent to your child. But there is switching that begins to happen as your parents age and you take on responsibilities for them and they're seeing, your children are seeing whether this is frustrating and difficult or, and it is frustrating and difficult. Yes. So being able to be honest and talk about that while also accepting and even embracing the responsibilities is is very very interesting. It was a beautiful moment for me when my daughter, the one who graduated last night, my own father was um, he passed away earlier this year, and my daughter came to say her goodbyes. We were taking care of him at home, and she, you know, basically didn't even get her coat off before she went into a role of helping her grandfather. Um, and it was a beautiful thing to see. That's so awesome. your daughter being sensitive to your own. You know where you are. That's just what you want as a mom.
0: Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head because the thing I was upset about was my my own relationship with my mother. <laughs> so, so <laughs> <Yeah>. right there, <laughs> yes. irony. Yeah. All right. So another thing you you talk about is character counts. What does that mean?
2: Well, you know, being busy and doing a lot of things and aiming for the stars and being a high achiever doesn't come. Uh, nat- I, it comes. It can come naturally, but you have to make decisions every day. So you know, am I going to my friend is talking to me about something that's going on in her life, and she needs the support. But I have you know this paper. I have this. I have to practice. I have to do this. You know, ultimately the most important thing our kids can do is be good people because, you know, we see this playing out in a lot of uncomfortable ways today in our society. Um, And we want our kids to make the right choices, not only the right choices for achievement and careers, um, but also in terms of being good human beings. And that's all about character. I agree. And you guys, your kids are in the scouts, so you're, <laughs> they, you know, that's all about values, is what they're doing. So yeah, you can have an
1: impressive um, resume resume as a kid and be like really involved, and you can be a total snot to other people. <laughs> <laughs> so I True. say that I've said that to my kids before. I'm like, well, poo poo for them. I'm so happy, that, but they're st- <laughs> they're still not very nice people. So I don't really care <laughs> if right. they did this, this, and this. You know,
2: I. One thing I found fascinating, because I was not an athlete myself, um, but watching my kids on the playing field, they were soccer players, um, was amazing because I could see how having the ability to be absolutely focused on what you're, you know, in the moment and aggressive and competitive and shove people out of your way to make a goal. I mean, that's how the game is played. Having that outlet on the field was an interesting thing, because that's not how you live in life. But you do need those skills. Sometimes you need to know when to use them and when you know when to emphasize what you're trying to accomplish and when to emphasize who you are.
1: Agreed. Totally. Uh, The next one that I was reading that I completely love, and I think it's very relevant today, um, which is be unproductive. And This is something that my house, we struggle with a lot about being bored, right? You need to be bored. Like you cannot have something going on or be engaged with a device or something like that. Like you need to just be unplugged and have to deal with your own thoughts or whatever. So I I, I love that one. But I feel like that's a real problem for most families of, of being unproductive or being bored and not scheduled and just sitting in your jammies or whatever.
2: Yeah, and it's especially hard. And this is something that has changed kind of dramatically since you know the early two thousands when this book came out. Is the fact that we can have screens in front of us? We can have multiple screens in front of us all the time. I mean, people had cell phones, but we didn't. They weren't smartphones. Um, and now, so I would amend that today to say not only unproductive, but with no screen in front of you, so that you are. With your thoughts and you are with how you feel Um, and it kind of forces you to think about what you want to be doing. Having empty time in your schedule is like you know okay whatever it is if it's you want to do something creative or you want you know to achieve some you know start running or something like that when you have empty time and you know this about yourself that's when you look at it and start to dream and say well maybe you know maybe i want to run a marathon or maybe i want to you know start a start learn to knit or you know paint those are the moments that you then think about what you want to do?
0: It's interesting because because my kids are so overscheduled. You know, when they do have downtime, they're always saying they're bored, and I'll say, you know, Einstein had to be bored when he came up with the theory of relativity, <laughs> and they look at me like I'm nuts. Uh, but then they will go into, like, you know, Hannah will go and clean her room, right? That's her thing. Or Sophie will write a song. She'll just go downstairs and write a song. And I'm like, well, how boring was that? You yeah. know, like they if if you. When we do have an empty space, um, they fill it in beautiful ways. It's just that we don't have that many empty spaces, sadly. That is
2: awesome. Oh, I love hearing that. Yeah. Or you cook or, you know, I mean, it's just, that's when you do these things that you normally don't find. Yeah. My Uh, daughter likes to bake.
1: Enjoy. When when
0: there's downtime, she likes to bake. That's her thing. So cool.
2: Okay. Let me know when
0: that happens. I'll be over. (laughs) Exactly. Me too. The the, the last, I think, most important point, um, for me anyway, I think, is you suggest this. Childhood is a preparation, not a performance.
2: Yeah. You know, I've thought a lot about this. I mean, I think that it almost began with the Kodak moments to go way, way back. Um, And places like Disney World, where, you know, you have these this kind of magical experience. And we've now expanded our thinking about childhood to think that it, and with social media, which again is another thing that wasn't such a thing way back then when we wrote this book. But essentially what we're doing is stringing together all these amazing, wonderful moments where your kid is, you know, experiencing this and being rewarded for that and having this trophy moment and smiling for the camera on all these Instagram kind of produced types of things it's just unrealistic to think that we can sustain, even as adults, that kind of a performance in life. I mean, children are supposed to be, you know, sleepy and messy and um, try things and silly and, you know, kind of be kids. I mean, their hair looks funny or they, you know, (laughs) that is part of being a child. There's So much pressure even on adults who have to, you know, get ready for work five days a week and look presentable and then all of our social stuff. Children shouldn't have all that on them at all times. Agreed. I mean, they're just not, you know, um, as they go, as their bodies change, there's a lot of awkwardness there, you know, as they're learning things, develop mentally, develop new skills. All of that stuff has to happen, and it's not always smooth, and it's not always pretty, and you don't start out being good at stuff. So kids need the ability to do that with no camera and no expectations.
1: That's something I think has definitely changed since the book um, with this prevalence of social media. It also contributes to keeping up with the Joneses, I feel like, because and that contributes because we're all feel like we're bad parents if we're not putting them in ballet or not putting them in something. And so you see, oh, well, Kimmy is in in ceramics or can you you know ceramics. I pulled that one out of my I have but in it or doing this class or doing this enrichment thing and then you're like oh shoot should I be doing that too or should could my daughter be doing that and and it's it's pervasive when you go online and you see what everyone is doing because everyone's spelling out every damn minute of their day on Facebook
0: yep and the kids are doing it too. Like if they have any kind of social media, and you know, my my older one has Instagram, and they they take pictures of everything, um, and and it's like a way of showing off. Yep, that contributes to why everyone's over schedule, I feel like because everyone's, like I said, keeping
1: up with trying to keep up, and oh oh well, if they're doing it, then we should be doing it too.
2: Yeah, it's it's very true. It's funny. There's like one of my very favorite little photos of my grandson. He's actually, I mean, he's a beautiful child, of course, I think he's perfect, but his hair was kind of funny, and he was sort of drooling, but he was, it was a little video where he was just beginning to talk, and I thought, no way would I put this on Facebook, because no one's going to see how gorgeous this child is in this moment. I would comb his hair, I would clean up his face, and yet this is what captured this, you know, for me, the awkwardness of this is so beautiful, because it was the first time he said these words. Yeah. So... You know, social media is great. There was a beautiful essay in the New York Times recently about a mother connecting with her adolescent daughter by looking at her Instagram photography, and that's cool because it's a creative medium for this kid, but when everybody has to perform and look perfect and do everything and impress others, that's that's really way too much pressure.
0: Yeah. This half an hour has flown by. Uh, I want to thank you again, Nicole Wise, co-author of The Overscheduled Child Avoiding the Hyper-Parenting Trap. You can learn more about it at hyper-parenting.com. Um, we so appreciate your advice. I'm going to have to listen to this a couple times so that I can remember to be- slow down, be unproductive,
2: <laughs> be bored. Oh, I think you're doing great. You have great, great, it sounds like you've got beautiful families. Thank you
0: so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Nicole. Hi. So, I don't even know where to start here because I know that I need to say no, but I don't know how. Who, yeah. And, and which which should I let them? They, they want to do all these things. So at what point do I say you can't?
1: That's, I think, a struggle that every family goes through. Yeah. I mean, that's like my my band example.
0: Right. <laughs> well, I did say no to trombone. Yeah, you're right. You did say no. <laughs> and, you know, I, I I think my thing is they're young. And they eventually will specialize. But do they have to specialize now? I think I think as
1: they get older, like in, as they go to high school, it's just gonna be limited because you have homework and just like John O'Sullivan said, you know, like it start sports start, you know, becoming less prevalent. They're they're stretched in different directions and so on. So
0: um And like Kristen Hoffman Senior said Colleges are looking for spiky, spiky. We want, you know, in the college admissions uh, episode we did. Yeah, they don't want kids who do everything. They want kids who do a few things with deep commitments. Right. So uh, we got to start focusing.
1: Yeah, uh, this one, this one's I think is pretty hard and in very real struggle every day for every family. So um, typically, you know, this is a quiet time for us because sports are quiet for so. Oftentimes, because we do skew a little bit more sporty than you guys do, but um, I know a bun- bunch of families that are literally like, "Yes, November, December," and then they're like, "Oh, wait, it's holiday hustle and bustle." Like, so it's a trade-off. But at least they're not running off to soccer, basketball, and all the sports right now. Right. So it's a little quiet period until January.
0: Yeah. So, which is right around the corner. I thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'd love to continue talking about this with everyone. So, tell us how you handle activities in your house. Check out our Facebook page at Apparently. Give us a call at 331 704
1: 0046. Or you can email us at apparentlypodcast at gmail.com.
0: So, this is a WGN Plus podcast. I'm Ann Johnsos. And I'm Tracy Weiner. Thanks for listening to Apparently. We make it look easy. We make it look good. When everybody sees it, they and
2: a look.